going to sing. And they have two um, younger sisters at home that we hope we'll see up here one of these days, uh, Danica and Jessica. And we are just really excited that they're going to share <clears throat> our worship music in chapel today. And they've brought some friends from Solvang with them, Francie and Chuck who are going to be on the, the keyboards and percussion instruments and share the music with us. <clears throat> and we're just very thankful for them and thankful that they would come all this way and share with us today and be part of this chapel. I also want you to know that our speaker this morning is Gail Bird, and we're very excited about that as well. Um, some of you knew Gail when she was here working with us. She was... Um, actually here for one year before it became the Master's College, and I met her when I came here that very first year as Master's, and um, she's become a very, very dear friend. Um, We've asked Gail, our senior female staff has uh, issued this invitation to Gail to speak today and to share her testimony and whatever the Lord puts on her heart about that. Um, One of the reasons why I was really desiring that Gail would share with us today is that It seems to me that as you grow older and go throughout whatever the Lord has for you in your life, that for all of you, for all of us, there are things that happen in our lives, things that take place that we really don't have control over, that we're not the ones who get to make the choices about decisions other people make that wound us deeply or all kinds of things that could happen. We don't get to choose whether that's going to happen to us or not. But the thing that we always, always, always have the opportunity to choose about is how we're going to respond to those things. And many of you who are sitting here this morning are um, probably most of you within the next several years will be married. Um, Whether you have a ring on your finger right now or whether you're even dating somebody or not, that's probably going to happen. It would be my desire for you that you would live a wonderful, happy life for the rest of your life and your marriage would be to a Christian man and would forever be a testimony of the relationship between Christ and his church. But statistics tell us that there will be some of you in this room who will get married, but before your time on this earth is over and you go to be with the Lord, you will be divorced, um, possibly through, probably through no choice of your own. You can be very idealistic in your college days about what the future holds for you, but for some of you, you will face divorce more than likely in your lifetime. And even if it's not divorce, probably all of us will face some things that are going to be incredibly different that we don't feel like we had any control over. When I first met Gail 11 and a half years ago, um, she was married and had a wonderful son, and her life looked wonderful to me and like everything was great. And then um, as she was here at the college working with us, um, various struggles came along, and I'm not going to try to share those with you because that's what she's going to share today. But what I want to say to you is I've had the opportunity now for um, 10 plus years to be a friend to her and to um, see her life and to see how God has worked in her life to enable her to respond in a way um, that I've known other women who've gone through the kinds of things that Gail's gone through who have turned into very bitter, angry, um, unpleasant women to be around. And Gail, to me, is the opposite of that. And um, we and senior female staff, or all of our staff, are just really grateful to have Gail back here this year. She um, 
After being here for quite a few years, she left and has been in Kazakhstan for the last three years. She got involved in our summer missions teams here at the college and went out for the summer, and then the Lord led her over there on a longer-term basis. And we don't know how long he's going to let her stay here, but we're um, just thrilled to have her this year. And I want to ask you that even as, um, as all these folks come to participate in chapel today, and particularly for Gail, if you'd be praying for her even as she shares with you, I think that um, she wants to be honest and open with you, and I think she's going to share some hard things. And I just want to ask you if you'd be praying for her as she does that. Let me pray for us, and then we'll have... Um, Cheryl and her friends come and share music with us, okay? Father, we love you so much. And after this um, Thanksgiving weekend, we're very mindful that we have much to be grateful for. And we desire, Lord, that it would not just be at a Thanksgiving time, but as a daily thing that we would offer up our thanks to you. You've given us so much, and we desire to be people who have grateful hearts. Father, we're thankful for this chapel time today that we can set aside to worship you and to allow you to speak to us and uh, to teach us and impact our lives through the music and through the testimony. And so, Lord, we commit it to you and ask that your Holy Spirit would work in it. And we give you praise now in Jesus' name. Amen. It's great to be here. It's so neat to be involved with Master's College in so many different ways. The Lord has opened doors. and um, It's really neat to have um, to let him use the things that he has given to us for his honor and his glory. And um, we know so many of you and uh, have relationships with so many of you. And uh, it's really a pleasure to be here and to minister with you and hopefully to teach you a couple of new songs that will help you um, lift your praise up to our Lord because you know that is what this is about it is not us being up here or our singing but it is to help you uh, worship and praise our Lord I put some song sheets out on the on the chairs the first song is You Are My Strength this is a song that Adeline and Eric Speaker taught us when they came up to our house for missions conference just earlier this year, and I really wanted you guys to learn it. The words are great. So if you could um, listen as we go through it the first time and uh, join us as we go through the second time. In fact, I'll explain to you right now. It's a round, and the first part, there's two parts, obviously, if it's a round. Um, Erica and I will sing with this side, and then Jessica, Danica, and Monica will go with that side, okay? So if you can watch what we're doing up here, and uh, I'm sure you guys will catch on real quick. Okay, this is the way. This is You Are My Strength.
like to share a song. We like to do Negro spirituals a lot, even though we're the wrong color. But we really, we really try hard. <laughs> this song, I think you'll know. <laughs> Go and tell it up. On the mountain top or the hills you can go Tell it everywhere you go and tell it Tell everyone that Jesus Christ is born Tell it everywhere you go, go and tell it on the mountain top Over the hills you can go Tell it everywhere you go and tell it on the mountain That Jesus Christ is born Tell it everywhere you go and tell it on the mountain Seated on the ground, light from heaven came, light from heaven descended, and glory shone around. Go and tell it on the mountain, over the hills you can go. Tell it everywhere you go, tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Tell it everywhere.
will you join us in singing this next song? Um, actually, we'll sing it for you through the first time. These words are beautiful, but they're only good if they come from your heart. Thank you. 
cute new look. <laughs> okay, now? Yeah. Back in the back, yes? Okay, good. Thank you, ladies, for singing. I remember those days when, when uh, WOW first started. We could hardly get the little girls to come in and sing. I think they were frightened of college students. But it's nice to have you here, and it's nice to hear you sing together again. And it's nice to have all of you back again. I feel like Kelly. That vacation happened so fast. And um, actually, as, we, as I stop and, um, and think about this, and what I'm going to say to you, do you mind if I move around a little bit? I'll come back. Um, it's so close to Christmas, and I know that we just have memories now of Thanksgiving, and we're getting ready for Christmas, and it's a really happy time. And I wish, um, in a way, that um, this was a different kind of sharing. Gee, I hope I'm going to get through this. <laughs> I think I will. But the truth of the matter is, <clears throat> as much as we love Christmas, and as much as all of us love uh, gifts and presents and, and things like that, there is a part of life for all of us that is not always so, so wonderful, so happy. And uh, I'm going to share with you today uh, some of those parts in my life. Um, but while I'm doing that, I want you to remember, <clears throat> I think it's hard for my mom. <laughs> it's probably not a really easy thing for her either. Um, <clears throat> I want you to remember that the Lord Jesus Christ loves each one of you. And I know because I've lived a long time and as much as I love this college I know that there are some of you that that doesn't seem real important to right now we would be foolish if we believed that every single person in our college was in a real tight good relationship with Jesus Christ it's probably not true and I know that, and Betty knows that, the RDs know that. But if anything can be accomplished today, I would like very much for you to know <clears throat> that if you think you don't need that relationship right now, there probably will come a time when you will. And you probably can get by for a while. I mean, gee, you guys, a lot of you are the most beautiful women I've ever seen. And you've got brains and you've got looks and some of you have money and some of you have family and some of you have connections and you have just about everything anybody would really need. And probably left to yourself, some of you may have a plan that's going to work great for a while. And that plan may include career, it may include family, it may have been set in place through a lot of prayer because you want what God wants for you. 
And some of you may have decided who needs it now, not me, and made a plan of your own. And that's okay because each person has a way to go and God has a plan. I, I don't know, years ago they used to have this um, tract, Campus Crusade made this tract, and it was called the Four Spiritual Laws. And I had to memorize it when I was in college because I worked with Crusade. And, the, and it starts out with, God has a wonderful plan for your life. And he does have a wonderful plan for your life. But very often, especially in our world today, when we hear those words, God has a wonderful plan for your life, what do you think of? Give me, just say something really quick. If someone says to you, God has a wonderful plan for your life, what do you think of generally? Happiness? What else? Prosperity? Come on, girls. Marriage? Husband? Home? Children? Most of you probably want that, don't you? It's okay. It's fine. Some of you may want career. I think that's okay, too. God has a plan. We, don't, we always think of love, joy, peace, all of those things in this plan. God has a wonderful plan for your life. And I don't think, um, I don't think it's bad that you think of those things. There are a lot of verses that you know, I'm sure, you have them tucked away in your mind somewhere. Do any of you know Ephesians 2.14? He himself, meaning Christ, he himself is our peace. That's a good promise. He's our peace. John 15:11. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Good. Lots of joy. That's good. We all want that. Good. How, I bet all of you have heard or know maybe Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. What's that about? Acknowledge him and what, what's he going to do? Direct your path. No confusion. God is going to show me the way. Just going to be great. Acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Uh, what about John 10.10? 10? This one you might not know. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I came that they, that they might have life abundantly. That's a good hope. All of us would want abundant life. Nothing wrong with that. That's good. James 1.5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to everyone generously. Good. I need wisdom. And without reproach. Doesn't He's not upset with you. You can ask and he gives. Now, all of these things and gladness. Psalm 16 talks about the gladness that we have as we walk with him. All of these things are good, and they're all wonderful. And we probably all know that they're a part of what Christ has for us. But when you think about life, you understand that all of these promises pretty much have to do with what Betty called our responses, our character, how we look at things, 
don't they? You don't very often, I don't think I ever have, seen a promise for a three-bedroom house and two-bath and a nice car and a good job. It's not there. It's interesting how very often, though, we equate those things with these things. And you guys, it's a horrible time to talk about things like that, but it just it doesn't, they don't, they're not the same. They're really not the same. I'm going to share with you, um, first of all, yeah, I think I will. Um, the fact that you've heard that there was this, there's this saying about there's nothing sure in life. We don't have any, there's nothing for certain except death and taxes and something else. But there is one other thing for sure. And that is this. And it's found in Philippians 1.6. Part of it is in Philippians 1.6. And it says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now that you can count on. Those of us who have placed our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, not just prayed a prayer and walked away, but who really have put our heart, our, our future, our life, our trust, everything in Christ, have received him as our Savior. Those of us who belong to him, you can know, you can count on it. He is going to perform his work in you until it's finished. That's a promise. Another promise that we have in this wonderful plan that he has for your life is that the process, the work that he started in you is what? Do you know what it is? What? It, nobody? What's the work he started in you? Is it to make you a missionary? No. A preacher's wife? No. To Aha! To make us like Jesus. That is our purpose. That's what he has for all of us. To make us like him. Um, I don't... First John chapter 3, verse 2. First John chapter 3, verse 2. I just want to share this with you. Probably you've all heard it. First John 3, 2. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we shall be. We know that. We know that. It's a promise. It's going to happen. We know that when he appears, Jesus Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So that's a promise that you have. There's no guarantees of to that church and that lasted for about 10 years which I didn't know about and in the process of that going on there was this other problem and finally with the young girl when I realized what was happening and I told him okay you gotta, you're not going to be a pastor anymore I'm not going to tell your pa I'm not going to tell our pastor I'm not going to tell our church but you're not going to be a pastor anymore so we went into the restaurant business for several years and made a lot of money and he enjoyed that and that was good and 
Then he decided he wanted to be a pastor again. And so he convinced me that our relationship was wonderful, we hadn't had any problems, and God was calling him back to the ministry. And, and I didn't feel like I could go against God at this point, so that's what happened. We went back into the ministry again. And, and it wasn't very long before there was another relationship. And, and this one also was with a good friend of mine. Our, as couples, we were friends. And God worked it out so that she became very unhappy and, and she left uh, to go, uh, to get away. She was trying to deal with this relationship that was a developing between herself and my husband. And, and so she went to a friend in, in another state and the friend that she went to in the other state was the woman that had been in the relationship with him for 10 years. And they started to share. The one lady was struggling so and she thought the other girl was her friend and so she told her all of it. And so then we had two women who were really upset and angry because they had both been involved with the same man. And then um, the church, they came, one came home and somebody else found out and said, you need to tell the church he's, he's not going to stay in the ministry. So then finally they decided to tell me. And I, I guess I kind of knew for a, lot of time, for a long time that things weren't right. But when it's with your very best friend, you think, ah, oh, you're just being jealous or something's not right. And so I struggled with a lot of things. Practically had a nervous breakdown. I struggled a lot. And then when they told me, it was like, oh, I'm not crazy after all. Just broken hearted and wondered what was I going to do. And I, I can't tell you why. I don't know for sure why, but I felt like God did not want me to leave him. And, and, and so I didn't. I'm not, I don't know now if that was right or wrong, but I didn't. And so we, we tried to stay together. He couldn't find a job. He couldn't be in the ministry anymore. And so um, we came to this area. Some friends of ours helped him find a job. So we moved down here. About a year after we'd been here is when I came to the school. I was trying very hard, working, harder than I had ever worked at anything, to try and make the marriage work. And I don't know if he was or not. I think he was in the beginning. But a lot of things happened to him during the time that we were here. One of the things is that he became involved in some business dealings because he wanted very much to be rich. And he wanted very much to be back in the ministry, which didn't seem like it was going to happen. And so he wasn't happy the years that we were here when Betty talked about when she first met me. He had a, we had a lot of struggles. He wasn't happy with himself. He wasn't happy with me and with his life in general. And so finally he left. He left, um, I think it was in 80, 86. 87 yeah no 80, 88 he left 
on Mother's Day was doing some business deal in Arizona and I never came back I've never seen him since he called on the phone one day I was at work up in Rutherford and he said well you need to file for divorce or I will you know and I said well I'm not gonna I want you to come back and I want us to try to make things different and he said why in the world should I do that and I said well for one reason I had been as a little side note I had been to a, what were those called biblical counseling a Larry Crabb seminar anyway and for the first time in my life I really looked at me at who I was and saw how wrong I had been in my perception of what pleased God and I felt like I was changed I felt like because now I had looked at the things that were wrong that we could make things right but he didn't want to do that and so he um, filed for divorce and married the woman that he'd had the affair with for so many years and I felt like I I would never I was not going to make it I thought I could not survive as I looked at my life I thought I have nothing I had a little white car Ford a Ford Fiesta that Russell had arranged for me to have someone had given me I owned this little white car that was it we had no savings I had no retirement I had nothing except my job and a car and that's what I thought you know I thought I have nothing but I really did have a great deal more than that and I had a God who had a wonderful plan for my life it didn't seem always like that was meshing together but I had come to understand that God's wonderful plan for our life has nothing to do with the tragedies and the hurt and the pain that we come across in life. His wonderful plan is that he makes us like Christ. I, uh, I was even scared. I thought, well, gee, maybe I won't even be able to keep my job at the college because I didn't know exactly how they would feel about a divorced person. But we had all tried, uh, John MacArthur and people at Grace Community, because that was our church then, had tried to talk to him by phone, and uh, he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to come back. He didn't want to have any part of that. So there wasn't anything else I could do. And they did let me stay, and so I stayed at the school. And uh, I'll just quickly add that a verse in Isaiah 43 verse 18 and 19 forget the former things do not dwell on the past see I am going to do a new thing don't you see it I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland and actually as I had looked at my life when in the process of my husband leaving and filing for divorce I felt like it was a wasteland it was sort of a desert and it is only because of God's grace and the relationship that I had developed with him that kept me going along a right path. Um, the first thought I had 
when I was thinking rationally was that, oh, I need a job. I need them now. Go to work someplace where they pay you lots of money. Oh, should I have said that? <laughs> Do they know that we don't get paid lots of money? I thought about that. I had lots of years of experience and I thought I should just go get a job. I could probably get a job, 30000 somewhere, for all my years of experience. But I remember praying and I remember that God said, no, stay here and, and I'll take care of you. Learn to trust me. And so I did. I stayed and I know that sometimes for you guys that chapel may seem like, a, like the last thing in the world you want to do because you have so many other things you feel pressing on you. But chapel, the, the ministry of the men who came and, and taught us the word of God, was effective in my life, the same as it was for the college students. God um, continued to mold my life and make a way for me to go. He led me down a new path and I learned about myself and about service that originates in Him. That's a result of love for him and for others and not a means to an end. There are a lot of things I could tell you about the new path he made for me in the wilderness. In the wilderness of life after divorce. But today there's just one thing I want you to remember. Among all of my dreams, I never thought I would be divorced. I never thought I would. And yet that came into my life and I had no control over it. But God still held me close to him. And if I had not known him, I don't know where I would be today. But I did know him, really know him. And he became the thing I desired most. The relationship with him became the thing I desired the most. I know as young people, you, you can't stop living life. Nobody wants you to do that. You're, you're young and you need to live life. And you need to do it with enthusiasm. And you need to do it with hope. But I'm just telling you, believe me, the most important thing in all of your life is your relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the realization that he has a plan for you to become like him. We don't know what's ahead of us. We don't with all of our good intentions, with everything that we could want from life. We don't know for sure what he has planned for us. There was this little, uh, short little poem. We know not what the path may be as yet by us untrod, but we can trust our all to thee, our Father and our God. It's the most important thing that you can do. Because there are some promises, there are some sure things in life. 
but they're all wrapped up in him not anything that you can do or attain by yourself in Hebrews and we'll close with this because we're late I'm sorry in Hebrews uh, chapter 13 I want to just read these verses to you and then I'll pray I will never desert you Christ is talking to you Hebrews 13 5 I will never desert you nor will I ever forsake you so that we may confidently say the Lord is my helper I will not be afraid what shall man do to me people in this world can do a lot to us but it won't matter whatever man can do if our relationship to the Lord is what it should be remember those who led you who spoke the word of God to you and considering the result of their conduct imitate their faith Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today yes and forever do not be carried away by varied and strange teachings for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace not by foods through which those who were thus occupied were not benefited we have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat it talks about the sacrifices and blood and then in verse 12 it says therefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people through his own blood suffered for us hence let us go out to him bearing his reproach through him let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name because he does have a wonderful plan for your life it may have lots of twists and turns it may have some heartache but we can confidently say that he's going to be with us and it won't matter because he, his purpose will be accomplished when you've given your heart to him okay let's pray Father in heaven we're so grateful for your love to us we're thankful for this time of year that's so happy and so full of rejoicing because this is the time when you sent your son into the world to give his life for us we are grateful for that and father with all my heart I pray that um, the hearts and minds of these young women will remember and will will think upon the reality that you are with you are the one with whom we have to do you hold our very beings together you are the only hope that we have for eternity and your blessings can be so rich and beneficial to us in this life as we face so many unknown things please give us Lord um, give to these people hearts that are glad and happy because you came because you are what we need and help us to turn to you to really give our hearts and our souls and our lives to you and in passionate pursuit of your love and your friendship that whatever life may hold for each one of us the Lord Jesus Christ will be lifted up and we will know 
continually his peace and his presence in our lives. Thank you again for this time, for your goodness to us in so many ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As Gail's been sharing, it's just occurred to me that sometimes after you're up front in a group, a group of people like this and you share as personally and as vulnerably as she has, you walk away and, and have all kinds of second thoughts <laughs> about what you've shared. Um, and I just want to ask you for those of you that maybe have been really touched in a special way that you maybe drop her a note or stop by her office and just thank her for being willing to do that with us today because we love her so much and are grateful that she would share in this way because I think we'll all have opportunities to think back to this time today and um, the Lord will use that in our lives so thank you Gail we appreciate it you're dismissed thanks